With all the exponential changes that have impacted marketing and sales since early 2020, are you ready to level up your marketing and sales strategies in the age of AI? On today's episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast, we'll be unveiling five crucial trends that should be on your bank, credit union, or fintech's radar as you craft your future growth strategy. Hi, this is Audrey Kanata. Welcome to the Digital Leadership Series on the Baking on Digital Growth podcast with James Robert Lay. Audrey, it is so good to hang out, share time with you, and talk through some very important perspectives today. It is. And before we get into talking about how to level up your digital marketing strategy, what is going well for you personally, professionally? I would say it would be personally, it is my son. He has his cross country championship and they have a possibility to repeat. They won last year, they won the district championship and they have another possibility to win it again this evening. That is amazing. I love hearing about your kids and all the running that they do. I'm not much of a runner myself, so I definitely think it's really cool and neat that they've picked that up. And they're so good at it and disciplined. I just love hearing all these stories. We're a running family, and I would say I was not a runner growing up. It was something that came over the years, call it therapy. It got me through some really challenging times. But I've personally found that there's no better way to hack time than to go for a run. And it doesn't have to be, you know, long. It doesn't have to be fast. Sometimes it's a leisurely six and a half mile an hour, seven mile an hour jog. But you put a good podcast on, you get to put a good book on, and you're taking care of your body and you're taking care of your mind at the exact same time. Yeah, and really this works out perfectly because what you're doing there is you're leveling up the experience of that running. It's no longer just this run, you're exhausted, you're tired, you're focusing on maybe some of the pain, but you're making that experience even better by listening to podcasts, something a little bit more entertaining and learning. And that brings us to the very first digital marketing trend that we're gonna look at, which is focusing on the human experience. Why is this so important now probably more than ever in the age of AI for marketing and sales leaders to do? It's a great question. If I look back to where things have been over the last decade, particularly through the lens of financial services, a lot has been framed around, a lot of growth opportunities have been framed around technology. But when we look ahead towards the future, yes, there's this buzz about AI and artificial intelligence. That's great. But we must remember that these technologies are nothing more than tools that connect people together. At the core, at the heart of our thinking and of our doing, it has to come back to the human experience. Yeah, that actually leads us perfectly into kind of right hand in hand with that. It's this idea, this next trend of adopting and embracing automation and AI. When we look at that, we have this case for the human experience and leveling that up, but we also can't ignore the automation and the AI side. So can you talk about those two trends and how they're interconnected and where maybe our focus should be? When we look at the automation and AI, it's an opportunity to augment the areas in our day-to-day -day activities that might 
be like running that might they might be rote they are repeatable but when we look at ways that we can augment those capabilities ai data automation i look at that as ada and ada has the potential to be a new teammate and the way that i frame this it's looking at ada as a teammate it makes the ideas around AI and automation data not so scary because we're personifying this. But at the same time, we have to think about the human experience here. The people internally that are having to deploy these technologies, whether that be on the front line or whether that be all the way up to the senior leadership level making these decisions, they might not have 100% clarity into not what to do with them or how to use them, but why we're adopting these new technologies in the first place. They might be thinking, am I going to be replaced by Ada? Am I going to be replaced by a robot? And when it comes to leadership, communication is key. And as I look out to 2024, confidently communicating confidence is a theme that I think we can all frame around because there's a tremendous amount of confusion right now at a macro level that is impacting all of us on a micro level. There's a tremendous amount of chaos at a macro level that's impacting us on a micro level. And when you add the unknown around these new capabilities, these new tools like automation and, and AI, giving people clarity that they're not being replaced, they're just being augmented and upgraded to do more human things, I think gives people help and gives people hope. Yeah. yeah and I love that you said teammate. There's a really uh, great book out there called AI is your teammate, I believe. And I think that's such a great idea to think of it more as a, an, an extension of your team. And we talk a lot about a couple different things, who, before, how, one of Dan Sullivan's book, Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Uh, and you talked about this story and how the influence on you, which was uh, Izzy Sharp, the founder of the Four Seasons Hotel and his famous quote, systemize the predictable so that you can humanize the acceptable, exceptional, excuse me. It's really that idea of freeing up, freeing up time so that we as humans can focus on what matters most. When you think about, you mentioned the, the chaos and the confusion and the unknown, and we've heard a lot about that recently in regards to chat GPT. Why do you think there is so much chaos? Why do you think there is so much hesitation and fear with all these new platforms coming up? I, I want to answer that question, but I want to go back to one point you made about freeing up time. Time is a multiplier when we think about collaborating with and i think that's the idea you mentioned evan ryan's book ai is your teammate you mentioned who not how with dan sullivan and dr benjamin hardy these are key mental models that we can deploy as an individual as a team as an organization to free up time or to multiply time and we have been a deploy deploying some of these exact models and methodologies here internally, particularly around the podcast. People are always asking, how are you sharing so much content? Number one, we think who, not how, but the who now has the potential to be ADA, automation, data, AI. So I just want to make that point that time is 
has the potential to be a multiplier. And if you think about return on investment, we right. also have to start thinking about return on time as well. And I think it's important to to remember it's not cheating. I, I will uh, be honest, I was a little guilty at first. And you and I had many conversations around this. When I would first start using chat GPT, I would think, oh my gosh, I would feel like maybe because I wasn't producing it a hundred percent that I was almost cheating the system. But in reality, the things that I was getting from chat GPT, look, it was like 20, 30% jumpstart my thinking, maybe a framework. And then I would put our spin on it, my spin, the DGI spin on it. It's almost like a starting point, a little bit of a brainstorm. And then you build upon it from there. That's a fantastic point. See, th these are the deeper philosophical discussions that we need to have within the organization, because I think a lot of us attach our self-worth and our identity to what we do. And I truly do believe what we do has the potential for the greatest disruption, if you look at it through the negative lens, or transformation if you look at it through the positive lens. And when you think about your experience, I'm curious how much your Colby profile plays into that. And the reason I'm asking is we know that you initiate action by following through. We know that I'm a resistant on that follow through spectrum. So I'm, it's easy for me to break free. Short, I'm always looking for shortcuts, always looking for shortcuts. That's a great point. You are always looking for shortcuts. And I think for me, when I have a system and I have a routine down, I follow that. Mm. That's where I am comfortable. And so when chat GPT came in and you would tell me, I would get just for the listeners, James Robert will send me emails of all these new things coming out, technology. And I'm looking at it like my mind is blowing. I think it's I will never forget. We had that conversation. We sat down in the office one day and I'm like, okay, this is the vision. This is the future that I can perceive in my mind. And I was trying the best I could to effectively communicate it. But I remember in essence, it was almost just like I was melting your brain and your skull. It was just too much, too fast, too quick. It, it was a lot for me to get. And that's probably also a little bit of my resistant quick start too. It's hard for me to see that future, that bigger picture. I have to actually live it and do it and get my hands in there. And so I was a little bit hesitant to try something different, to, to disrupt, if you will, my system and my process. And it probably took a couple of weeks of growing pains, changing and optimizing these processes. And now I'm telling you, I use CBT is a tab that is never closed on my computer and I use it and, I, and it's not doing the work for me. Like you said, it's my teammate. It's helping me along so that I can have more time to do more valuable and even greater things. If you think about what you shared, I'm, I'm pretty confident that those who are watching or listening, particularly if they're coming from the financial services space, they might have, and it might not be a conscious thought. It could be something running at the subconscious level that subconscious 95% of what we do runs at the subconscious level, but you use the word, you felt guilty or that you're cheating. And yeah. it could be the teacher of me too. It, it, it could be. And I think that's a great segue coming back to the question that you ask, where's all the chaos coming from? Where's the conflict? And if there's one place, it's in 
that thing that sits between our ears. It's in the mind and it's how we're perceiving the world around us. For example, it, it it's not this is not news about the news, but you turn on the news and, and the news is always going to paint a picture that the present moment and the very near future is doom and gloom. It's scary. I've lived that experience myself, and it really took a toll on my physical well-being and my mental being and my emotional well-being. Going all the way back to the 80s as a kid, my mom would have the nightly news on, and 5.30 p.m., world news, report after report after report. It was about the AIDS epidemic back then, and I was in like third, fourth, fifth grade thinking and asked my mom, am I going to die of AIDS? But it's the idea that perception creates your reality. So if that's all you're hearing, coming back to the idea of chat GPT, if that's all you're hearing is AI is bad and dangerous, yes, just it, it has the potential to be for sure. But just like anything in life can be bad exactly. and dangerous. And we must be mindful of the positive, and we also must be mindful on the negative and not over-index on one side or the other. But I, it's taking what we've talked a lot about, having a more stoic approach to just life and thinking as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. So thinking about the human experience and technology, this actually brings us into our third marketing trend to look out for. And this is one that you and I like hold a little near and dear to our hearts, but it's optimizing your digital channels. And we do this at the Digital Growth Institute through our digital secret shopping studies. In fact, it's the very first step in the Banking on Digital Growth program. So talk to us about why is it so crucial for organizations to practice? And I say practice because Optimizing your digital channels is not a one and done thing, correct? This is something that's like a continuous cycle, feedback, insight, optimize. Why is it so crucial that we put into practice this trend? So it comes back to really the first trend around people, around humanity. And we know that if we look back 1994 to 2024, that's 30 years of time. The internet reached the mass consciousness of humanity in 94. Here we are in 2024 going forward. And the way that technology has transformed things at a macro level through the lens of how we connect and how we communicate, uh, the competitive landscape, and then how we shop and buy and make purchase decisions. And a lot of that, they're all, once again, they're all interconnected. But when it comes to optimization, once again, looking at this through the lens of financial services, through banks, credit unions, and fintechs, we know that, and I think the numbers are slightly changing here through some recent research we've been doing on this subject, but when I wrote Banking on Digital Growth, Context of Time is Important, it was published in 2020. At the time, 94% of financial brands never conducted any type of digital secret shopping study. I'm starting to see maybe it's 85 to 90% have never done any secret shopping studies on their website. But, and that's the important part. When you build a website, it is, and I don't like the, to frame it as a digital branch because I think right. that word has so much historical context baked into the subconscious of leaders and lenders and advisors. When you say digital branch, 
you're bringing the physical world into that perspective where when you think about the website, think of this as a digital e-commerce or digital retail. And it's a shopping experience. And we know looking at external experiences, whether that be Amazon is probably the you know one that people reference the most, all the way down to Matuk, which is a over a hundred year old linen brand. They're continuously optimizing their digital shopping experiences because it comes back to the human experience and how technology and those trends are transforming the way that people shop, the way that people buy, the way that people connect, and then also the competitive landscape where it just accelerates the fact further, farther, faster because experiences, shopping experiences for a loan, for a deposit account, for a credit card are being influenced by shopping experiences outside of the vertical. Okay, so shifting gears just a little bit here on the next marketing trend, and this is one that you have been talking about a lot the last probably 18, 24 months. We actually dedicated our 200th podcast episode Mm. to this topic, and I can already see you know what I'm talking about here, but it is the power of personal branding and how employees really have the potential to become as influential, if not more influential, than the corporate brand. So tell us, why should banks, credit unions, fintechs spend time uh, building the brands up leaders, lenders, and advisors on social media. So if they're looking at it through the lens of spending time, I think the, it's going to be an uphill battle. If they're looking at the, through the lens of investing time to elevate the perspective, the knowledge, but more deeply, the behavior and habits of lenders, leaders, advisors, those will be the ones who get a leap on the future. And it's not a popular subject right now. A lot of this goes back to just my study as a digital anthropologist looking at macro trends in time and the way that we cycle from a perspective of we, the collective, to the idea of swinging back to the individual. This is something that has been written about prolifically in a book called Pendulum. I think it was published in 2011, 12. So right at the height of the social media boom, iPhone was launched in 2007. Facebook was a couple of years before that. But once the iPhone came, you see this massive increase in social media. Here we are now over a decade later with social media. Social media is not what it was in 2012, but I think a lot of financial brand leaders still view social media through that 2012 lens. Social media is the, it's the marketplace. It's the main street. Even now, when we look at at macro level trends through the lens of financial services, TikTok is becoming a growing, if not leading place for where people go for financial quote unquote advice. FinTalk is a real thing. And that's what we have to watch is why are people going to TikTok? The research says because Finfluencers make the complex subject of money easy to digest, bite-sized chunks. But I think it's more deeper than that. It's approachable. 
I'm going to pause you for one second because I have some statistics here on millennials and Gen Z that might help the listener with a little bit of, of context as you're talking through this. So Prolific found that 79% of young adults are seeking financial advice on social media. They find it less taboo than discussing money directly. However, only 41% say they fact check the information. Mm. Unpack this a little bit more. If 79% of millennials and Gen Z, and you have to keep in mind, millennials are now pushing 40. I think this is where if you, as a leader, if you look at the context of time through your lens, thinking this is how I viewed the world at 40, say maybe they're Gen X or they're baby boomer. This is how I viewed the world at 40. It's a different context of time. That's why I've always said how old you were in 1994 is directly influencing how you perceive the world right now. But if we'll say 80%, eight out of 10 millennial and Gen Z are going to social media looking for financial advice, that and, and, and the two most trusted social media channels are Reddit and YouTube. And when you look at why this is happening, it's because A, money is complex, B, money is stressful, C, people are looking for someone that they can trust to guide them, and the, the traditional financial brand, if you will, has failed them in that manner. We know that, and I want to say it was around like 92% of millennials do not trust traditional financial brands for that guidance. So who's going to fill the void? It's these individuals, these fin talkers. And Instagrams is the same way, but we're starting to see some of this play out in LinkedIn as well. They are creating these niche communities of people who are on a similar journey. They're trying to get from financial stress to financial confidence. But if we view this through the lens of how incumbent banks and credit unions have approached social media, it's through the brand voice. People don't connect right. with the brand. People connect with people connect with people. Yeah, that's, that's the key right here. Yeah, that's a great point. I think a lot of it too, when you think of the coming the brand, it's there's a little bit of fear. They're a little bit more protective of what are people gonna think? Are we gonna say the wrong thing? Are we gonna get in trouble? Are we gonna get complaints? Compliance. And so yeah, compliance. Exactly. So the last uh, trend that I, I really want to wrap up here on today, and, and for this one, for me, I, I hold this close um, to me. I think this is something that's so important, but probably often really overlooked. And it's this idea of supporting and strengthening your internal employees' financial wellness. We spend time thinking about our account holders and our members and their financial wellness. But what about your employees? Why should it start internally first? This all connects back to the first point, this idea of putting people at the center of your thinking and doing, regardless if the people are the external account holders, members, customers, or if they are our internal teammates, our employees. Yeah. When I look at the four levels of transformation, all transformation begins within. And it starts with an individual. And from the individual, that transformation then extends to the team because teams are made up of individuals. From there, that team transformation can then positively influence organizational transformation. 
that organizational transformation can then spill over into the lives of account holders. Now, when we look at the macro level research that 85% of people in the United States are stressed about right. money and finances, I don't like percentages because it dehumanizes the conversation. It's just sure. a percent. No, let's say eight to nine people out of 10 in the United States are struggling with financial stress or financial anxiety. And there's a difference between the two as we've talked with Dr. Megan McCoy yeah. through the Financial yeah. Therapy Association. Financial stress is when you're struggling to put food on the table. Financial anxiety though is still very real. It's the narrative, if you will, that you have with yourself in your head around money and finances. But yeah. the stress, exactly, it's the thinking. The stress though can still make a, a, a very real negative toll on your health, relationships and, and well-being. So yeah. if eight to nine out of 10 people in America are stressed about money and finances, why are we not thinking about this from our internal team members who exactly. work at a bank, who work at a credit union? Because in my opinion, the stress that they will feel is probably higher because it's not just the stress of money. It's the imposter syndrome where I work at a bank, I work at a credit union, and I'm struggling with money. Like, what's wrong with me? I don't think, and I think that's the wrong way to approach it. We're all on a journey together to get even better to reach our full potential. Yeah, and when we're, when you're thinking about connecting with your account holders and your members as an individual, if you've been through or if you've experienced financial stress and you've been able to overcome it and grow what better way or how much better can you empathize with your account holders who are feeling the same way because you've done it, you've been through it, you get how it feels and you can tell them that, hey, I've been there, done that. Matter of fact, the financial coach that I have through the financial gym, the very first meeting we had, he's like, look, let me tell you, I have been through some crazy financial things. That is why I'm here because I've been through it. I had someone help me along and I'm that passionate about helping you along. So I think, yeah, I understand it's a little bit taboo to think, okay, I work in this industry, but yet I'm struggling, but there's no better way to connect with your audience. And so James Robert, this has been such a great conversation talking through these digital marketing and sales trends moving forward. Let's leave the listener with one practical action item that they can make going forward over the next 90 days. I would say it's this, get a pulse, get a temperature check of where your internal team is today in regards to their perception of the future. That's step number one. And the best way to do that is with the future growth index. I know we just released a conversation, I think it was episode 350 on that particular subject there. So that will walk through the questions to ask that you can ask internally to understand how people are perceiving the future with your team. You could then take those same exact questions and reframe them through the external lens of your account holders to gain an understanding of how they're perceiving the future. And the reason that I'm making this a recommendation is because the way we perceive the future right now in the present moment will directly influence our thoughts, our actions, our behaviors, our choices, our habits going forward to create that future. If you view the future as scary, if you're stuck in the gap griping about problems, your future is going to be much smaller than if you view the future through a lens of abundance, of opportunity, of growth, perspective matters.
Absolutely. Great point to wrap up on. Yes, definitely go listen to episode 350 for more more insight on the future growth index. Thank you, James Robert. This has been a great uh, conversation today. Always fun, Audrey. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast.